As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Ah, oh, welcome to Preach Cat Preach. Here with Rashad once again. What's up, man? We back. We back, and uh, so we just wanted to talk about real quick because we have a, we have a great uh, podcast that we did. We we teamed up with uh, that being said podcast with George and Sammy, and you know we had, we had a good conversation. Just pretty pretty lengthy, but I think we had we got a good uh, details and all that stuff out the way. But we're gonna have our game one reactions. Uh, so Rashad, tell me what you saw. Tell me uh, about about the things. Cause we both of us said Raptors in seven. Uh, for myself, it was the expected result. Um, I knew Raptors would win game one. They're at home. They were more in rhythm than Golden State, and Golden State is coming off of a nine ten day layoff. Um, so we knew rust and kind of getting back in game field would be a little bit of an issue. And uh, on the Toronto side, the, the best the best chance to steal game one was to, to steal a game was always gonna be game one because it, it was at home and they were across a layoff, and we know their role players have been playing so great at home, so that was the best time to steal one to keep all that basically just that momentum rolling. Um, and offensively, Siakam had the game of his life, first time in the finals, um, which was a major key and. Kawhi didn't even have to really get going. Like he he really survived off the the free throw line. So offensively, those were the main keys. Siakam's breakout game and Kawhi get to the free throw line. Even though box score wise, free throws, three point shots, all that stuff lined up evenly for both teams. It was just Siakam's great game and the Warriors turning the ball over kind of were the deciding factors. But um, defensively, what the Raptors did that I like was. Every time Clay and Steph ran off a screen or were trying to get open, whoever was currently guarding them, they stayed there. And then when the, the switch came, they always saw two bodies. Like, they never just were able to get just that quick free release. It was always two bodies there. Then whoever got switched off would go back to their man or whatever. But that was always a – I always thought it was a good strategy because they were never getting a clean look at the hoop. So you're kind of running them off the three-point line and you're kind of stifling you know, from getting the rhythm going of Clay heating up for 25 and a quarter, all that kind of stuff. You, you, as long as they're seeing two bodies, they, they can't get two shots up. On, they, they can't get a shot up over two guys at all times. Yeah, and I, I really like what they did, uh, especially – think about this. What's the reason why we always talk about the Blazers can't make it? Because all you got to do is double-team their guards and you're done. So, without Kevin Durant, it, honestly, it should be the exact same way. You should – 
like you said, every time Curry get the ball, he should see two bodies. Every time Clay Thompson sees the ball, he says somebody should be there. So if he even try to drive, they're right there for him. So I think what the Raptors did was perfect. Um, what we didn't know was how much Mark Gasol was going to play Ibaka. But as you see, the Raptors stayed big the whole time, and Gasol was able to put 30 minutes on the court. And having a Gasol is scary because he can shoot the three ball, also can play defense, rebound on the other end, also is a great passer and can set things up. So Mark Gasol is going to be very, very valuable, and I don't see no reason why he wouldn't play a lot of minutes unless Kevin Durant can miraculously come back in one of these games and they, they bring out the head to five squad. But if not, then I think Mark Gasol can, is, is going to change the series and, and will be the reason why Raptors win the series. And honestly, I thought Mark Gasol may be a liability because of the way the Warriors do just too much running around, you know, picks, pops, screens, all that motion offense. I thought Gasol would be a liability. But he really was an asset because he can stretch the floor. And he also he, – he's mentally tough. Like he's played in Western Conference Finals. Like, the dude's played on the Spain national team. So, he's used to winning, playing in big, high-pressure, high high-level situations. So and, and he's a good free-throw shooter, stuff like that. So, just being able to, to stretch the floor on threes. You know, he hesitated on about two of them throughout the game. And then just being able to knock down free throws if he gets fouled around the rim, that's key because free throws are the great equalizer to a team like the Warriors who can get on a 12-12 at the run so fast. Right. So game two coming up on Sunday. Uh, we both – I mean, I, I don't know how you see it play out, but, you know, it probably going to go Warriors maybe. I'm probably leading more Warriors probably take game two. Still but, but if it's right to take game two, we're going to see, a, we're gonna see the, the, the Warriors back against the wall. So uh, – here he go the rest of the podcast. Uh, with that's being said, podcast with George and Sammy. Uh, pre- appreciate y'all listening. Preach, care, it's preach. It's called that, that being said, George and Sammy. Preach, care, preach. We out. All right, welcome in. Uh, today we have uh, our guests from. Preach Kev Preach with Rashad Podcast. It's a sports podcast. We're teaming up today. Talk some NBA Finals and talk some All-NBA. Um, I just want to start off with the introduction um, of Kev and Rashad. So, uh, guys, uh, go ahead and just give us a you know a brief intro about you guys, what you're doing with the podcast, and uh, some background, and, and then we'll get going on some NBA Finals. All right. Uh, like I said, my name is Kev. Uh you know, we, we started this podcast, uh, you know, about a, about a year ago. Uh, Rashad hopped on probably, what, maybe three or four months. Uh, you know, we, 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 we try to take it off to a good to a good thing. Uh, you know, we most talk about basketball, football. We take a, take a front, front office approach look at things, and we always ask a question, like, you know, looking on the other side. So, uh, you know, we just try to, we try to bring knowledge to everybody who listens to us. I like it. I love that. I'm Rashad. Um, Kev started the podcast, and I kind of did a few guest spots with them last year. But most of this year, we've been kind of just doing the the co-hosting thing, um, basketball, football, boxing, whenever there's a big event coming up. We're big fans of all sports. So, like you said, I'm about to give them a pro to why would they team do this, why would they not do this. So, we just love uh, basketball and football and try to help the genius make good choices. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I uh, it was kind of like us. We were pretty much, you know, with basketball, football, and then, like, yes, if there's like World Series baseball, maybe we'd get into it. We talk boxing if it's a big fight coming up. Um, 
other than that, it is. It sounds like about the same thing. Yeah. Just kind of you know going after basketball and football, kind of the the main two sports right now. So uh, what we want to do is get started with just some NBA Finals talk. Um, and uh, I do want to say once again, it's preach, Kev, preach of uh, Rashad. I see it's here on Apple Podcast. Is that is that the main place to find it? Okay, great. Yeah, so just uh, go ahead, guys, and you can Google Preach, Kev Preach, and you'll find it on any of those platforms. Um, all right, I mean, I, let's start with you guys, because I know our listeners probably have somewhat of an idea of what our finals picks are. But let's just get into it. You guys can start. Uh, we'll start with Kev because we did the intro with Kev first. You know, what is your main, the main thing you want to see from this NBA Finals? What's your main interest in it? And, you know, your overall thoughts on the Finals? Uh, well, to start off, you know, I, I did pick Toronto Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of our biggest. Uh, obviously, you look at Kevin Durant. If he's not going to play, I don't think he's going to play either. But if he's not going to play, it obviously changes a lot of thoughts on this series for everybody. And and like you said, I think a big thing is the Finals MVP conversation because, as we all know, everyone's wondering like, can Curry get that Finals MVP? And if Durant's out and he doesn't get it, I mean, it could be a very interesting conversation for his legacy. If you know, for the fifth straight going to his fifth straight NBA finals and right yep. fifth straight not getting a finals MVP it'd be a very interesting conversation yeah it's a bit maybe a much different conversation about his legacy um I, well one of the things that you know I I'm with you I don't think Kevin Durant is going to be playing either but 
What I, I think the biggest storyline here, and I want to give Rashad's uh, thoughts on the finals here in a second too, and maybe he can piggyback off my point right here, is what, you know, this is the first finals, I mean, in history where we have a guy in Kevin Durant, whether he plays or not, and Kawhi Leonard, who both look like they odds are not going to be on the same team next year. And it's interesting thinking about like, you know, they're both two of the five best players in the world and two of the three best players in this series. And they're both going to be most likely not on the team according to the betting odds next season. It's just going to be a weird NBA Finals watching it from that aspect. Yeah, I can say that kind of thing kind of because we all think the rest are going to be going elsewhere in Kobata, who most seasons do. You know, he's from Southern California with standing or state high, so he may going to try the Clippers. Or he may win and try to be a Canadian legend with Toronto. On the Toronto side, I'm looking forward to seeing how they match up because more of the all, he's bigger and slower. So, if he play more minutes, he's going to start his body getting more minutes. But more of the is more experienced than the Fiacom. So, the Fiacom, can, can he really stay in the game mentally because he's so young? We can tell you that some moments he's been shrinking, missing shots, missing free throws, and keep moving. So, I wonder how this bigger Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting, actually, like you said, because it kind of gives Durant a reason to stay also. Like you're saying, I mean, it kind of gives him that that thought of, hey, uh, okay, maybe they do need me, right? And everyone around will be like, okay, actually, maybe they did need me, and, and Durant can stay, Kawhi could stay in Toronto. Even if he doesn't, it's a success for Toronto, the trade. If you win a championship, and even if he bounces, it's like it all kind of worked out in everyone's favor. I guess the only person this wouldn't work out in their favor is maybe Steph Curry, just because he's still looking for that finals MVP and, and everyone's saying, you know, Durant's kind of want to miss championships. So it would be very interesting to see what would happen if they lose and Curry kind of struggles and, and, you know, he's not able to lead him to, to a championship. Um, I do think there's a lot of interesting implications though. I mean, I'm in the field that I think Kawhi staying regardless. Um, so 
I think this uh, this has a lot more to do for me with Durant because you know if they go out there and win without Durant, I I don't see in any scenario where Durant would even consider coming back. <laughs> It'd be pretty hard for him to come back after the team just beat the finished off the Rockets, swept the Blazers, and went to an NBA championship without him. And seeing him be like, oh okay, I'll come back to the Warriors. I just don't see that happening. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I want to make another point. You know, if you know how, how, how the Blazers um, blew the series last uh, time, you have 17 points, two to three games, and double digit lead in the last one. You know, if that happens again to Toronto, the war is not coming back. Um, there's no way that, that um, a guy like a guy in Kawhi will let that happen. Uh, it's, a different, it's a different level of day. I, I, I love day. You know, I love day. But there's a different level between day and what a Kawhi can bring. Uh, and I'm very interested to see what, what also matchups that that uh, nurse presents because you know how hitters like Taylor and Cancer and Devil are basically useless in their playoff series. And you got a guy like I mentioned how Martin Solomon is from being slow. I, I don't really think he's going to be the factor. So I think can can a a lot of the Definitely. And, you know, uh, like to, to that point, I mean, one of the things I noticed in that last series against Milwaukee, and this is George, um, that, you know, the bench for the Toronto Raptors, they did give them a lot of firepower off the bench. Uh, Powell played really good. Van Fleet um, played fantastic. They both put brought, brought in a lot of points. But they only went eight deep for most of that series. And I don't think against Golden State you can get away with going eight deep and trying to slow the game down. Because the way Golden State plays basketball and going up and down the court so much, they're going to need a you know, ninth guy coming off, you know, the ninth guy or maybe even a tenth guy off the bench to play some type of significant minutes. Whether that's Jeremy Lin, whether that's someone else, I'm not sure. But I think they could be in a really scary situation for the Toronto Raptors if they only go eight deep like they did against Milwaukee. So uh, their bench played great, but I just don't know if they'll be able to keep that pace of play with only eight guys. I agree with that. They should probably try to use the Jody Heath a little bit more because he does provide shooting, so he'll provide it doubles or it's not foul theory or it's not bad piece so he can get shot. Let me try to Jody Heath the whole shot maker. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I do see a scenario where 
obviously, if you're the Raptors, it's hard to win this series going eight deep unless somehow they find a way to control the pace. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's yeah. that's their obvious goal here is if they can control the pace. I mean, the last thing the Warriors want to deal with is if they got, you know, if Kevin Durant's not playing especially, if it's going to be, you know, Siakam and Gasol and Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard out there rebounding against guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond, I mean, they can really out-physical them if they keep the pace slow. But obviously, I guess probably one of the hardest things to do in the last five years is keep the Warriors' pace slow. But I just... There's a chance with this Raptors team, I could see them kind of having a little bit of a, uh, not because of Kawhi Leonard, but in general, a Spurs way, you know, finding a way to control the pace, control the game. That's going to give them their best chance because, you know, like we said, it's not, I I don't think playing eight deep with a fast pace is going to be enough, especially when some of those eight guys are Marcus Hall and the Serge Ibaka's of the world and a Kawhi Leonard who's not necessarily 100% healthy. You can't be playing at the Warriors' pace. Uh, their, their best, I mean, if they can slow these games down, I think that will slow down Steph too. I mean, a lot of a lot of the shots Steph and Clay get are on those like quick two-minute, fifteen-point runs. And if they can slow that down, they could really control the pace in in this series. And I really do agree with you know. I forgot which one of you guys had that, but the Raptors in seven with that home court, with being able to slow down the pace, I think they do have a really good shot. Better than any team's had in the last, you know, couple of years. Say that one more time. I agree with that mm-hmm. actually a lot. I mean, like you said, you, the, a lot of the points come off that you know Draymond rebound, push it up court, either Clay or Steph are open, hit a hit a, a big shot in a quick transition. And I mean, with like we said, you know, you don't want guys like Kyle Lowry and Marcus All and Serge Ibaka running back on defense chasing these guys. You want to get keep this low turnover. Let them set up in the half court and play half court D. You have Kawhi Leonard. You have a bunch of bigs. Um, and, I mean, I get, they're really outbodying the Warriors. Even a guy like Kyle Lowry, not, not, I'm not saying the greatest defender in the world, but he is a lot thicker than a Steph Curry 
you got a lot of bigger guys, probably stronger guys on Toronto, and I really think that'll uh, if they can keep the turnovers low, that that's going to really control the pace. And I also want to add that, you know, I was thinking about like the matchups and all for the Golden State Warriors. And I think, look, you're not going to stop Kawhi Leonard. He's too good right now and he's playing at an unbelievable level. But I do like the the guys that the Warriors can throw at at, um, Kawhi with Draymond and Klay Thompson, both being, you know, a little bit higher um, level defenders. I believe that they both can uh, really provide some matchup nightmares for Kawhi Leonard. And they're not going to stop him by any means, but they could at least try to limit him a little more. All right. So where we were at was talking about controlling the pace, limiting turnovers. We had a quick audio glitch here. Um, But kind of the main points that it seems like a lot of us were coming to is, you know, keeping that. It, Toronto, if they can keep the pace and limit turnovers and keep the Warriors in the half court, I, I really do see Toronto and seven being a possibility. Now, I think the wild card for everyone here would be Kevin Durant if he does come back. So I want to hear your guys' opinions. I know I know one of you, I don't know if it was both of you, that said Raptors in seven. Was that both of you? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think the Raptors can win in seven as well. Okay, so with Durant, you think the Raptors got it too? No, with Durant, this is probably over in six. Okay, so that is the wild card here. Yeah, I agree that. Yeah, I see. That's that's where it is for me. I mean, I could see, I could see. Uh, oh, let's see. I I could see uh, Toronto, you know, in seven, but specifically only. With Durant out, I just don't see a world where if Durant came back, you know, game two or game three, Toronto being able to to guard that many guys. I mean, like Kawhi Leonard can only match up on one of them, and also if you have Kawhi out there doing all the work on defense, how much is he going to really be able to give you on offense? I, I know we've seen him do it this whole playoffs, but at some point you might break down. We've seen LeBron try to do it. We've seen other guys try to do it. And it's hard to to sustain pace at, at that rate. Yeah, I can see a scenario where Toronto kind of goes up 2-1 and maybe Durant does come back and kind of rescues them to finish it out in six at, at the Oracle in their last season there. But at the same time, with the injury he has, it's typically a four- to six-week injury. The final is about to start, and he's not even on the court practicing, running, anything basketball-related. So, I mean, I understand he's one of the three best players in the world. He can come out and drop 25 in the sweep just based on his career averages, but you have to still be in somewhat of game shape and be able to trust your calf. And from what we've seen and what's been reported, he hasn't been practicing or doing anything basketball-related. So I doubt he comes back at all. That's how I feel. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, he did travel with the team here. And uh, there's, like, two scenarios I heard. Like, some people are like, well, he traveled with the team because he could play game two or he can tra- he's traveled with the team because he's not going to play this whole series. You know, like, I don't know which one it is, but you're not just going to – he hasn't been traveling for other places. So it's either, whether – it, it, could he make a miraculous comeback for game two or is he just traveling and he's not really even looking to be playing this series at all? He's not doing any rehab work. Well, doing some rehab work, but, you know, 
he's not foreseeing a situation where he comes back. And I don't know which one it is, but I don't see him coming back in this series from all indications. Just like you said, he hasn't even practiced yet. And, you know, it's been, what, three and a half weeks since his injury, and it's a four- to six-week injury with no rehab work to come back and play in the NBA Finals. I mean, that's some Willis Reed type of shit. I don't know if that's going to be happening. <laughs> Paul Pierce in the game with the Finals of 2010, I think, or whatever he was. I'm Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just comes out of nowhere. All right, I'm back. I, I, that's where, you know, I don't think he's coming back either just because – you got to get on the court, and I think one interesting thing I heard Steve Kerr say about with with Boogie is, you know, the reason he's like Boogie's been practicing a little bit, but it's really hard to get a guy back in game shape and back on the court without ruining the rhythm, right? I know Steve Kerr did say uh, if this was regular season, Boogie would be out there tomorrow playing limited minutes, trying it out. But this is the NBA Finals. Even with Kevin Durant, like you said, I know he's a top three to many people, the best player in the world to a lot of people. I know he's that good, but at the same time, it's anybody anybody that's hooped before knows it's you know if you're out for three, four, five weeks and you haven't been able to get your legs under you, it, it's the NBA Finals. As good as he is, it's not that easy to just walk in and be 100% right back into game shape, right back into game mode. The jumper's perfect. I know it's like riding a bike. A lot of people say, but. You got to get reps up. It's the NBA Finals. We're not just talking a like you know a shootout. We're talking a, a real NBA Finals. That's where I see it's hard to mess with what the Warriors have had. They just swept the Blazers. They beat the Rockets two games in a row with him out. It's hard to see a place where you just plop back guys like Kevin Durant and Boogie and everything runs a hundred percent smoothly. It would be difficult to mess back because if he comes back and then they still lose. Yeah, I agree with that. The worst case scenario for Kevin Durant's career is if they went up 2-0 and he came back and they lost game three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, oh, well, don't need him. Don't want him. I know Kev was about to say something. I yeah, think go too, ahead, right? Kev. Uh, no, I was just going to pick it back on that. And, uh, also, about Kevin Durant, if he does, if he does come back and like like we said, like we mentioned earlier, he come back and help him win, it does it does change the legacy. But you know, I'm thinking about Boogie as well. I don't think I don't think Big Boogie is needed. I, honestly, Kevin Looney and and uh, Zaza, 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 Boogie, those guys are good enough. Uh, they don't need Boogie. Boogie just he just in the way. Honestly, I never feel like he fit in. I feel like he just trying to cheat his way to a ring, you know. Um, so I, I really don't even think Boogie, Boogie would help the series. Like, um, only Kevin Durant would. And, and, and that's, and that's I'm talking about somebody who hasn't played in a while. But Boogie, I, I, don't, I do not want to see him on the floor, really. Yeah, and I, I actually agree with that. I mean, no, I think he was an awkward fit, like you said, kind of from the get-go. But I think, you know, maybe if he got to play with them the entire playoffs, it would have they would have found some type of rhythm that worked, you know, maybe with Clay and Steph on the bench. He's in there, you know, trying to get some buckets just to to have some good bench points. But for especially Boogie, I mean, as I'm saying, I was just talking about how hard it is for Kevin Durant to come back and get in the flow. It's even harder for a guy like Boogie who's only, you know, played, what, like 35, 40 games total to see? Maybe not even. He came back halfway through the year. Yeah, he was still getting back in the flow before he got hurt. Yeah, so he has, like, double the work to do. 
he has double the work. And like you said, I just don't know if that would fit. I don't like the scenario where Boogie plays no games and comes back for one game and then wins the NBA championship. And we all know Boogie. Like, he's going to ride that. <laughs> well, did, you, did, did anyone hear? What, like, I just saw that this right before we recorded. Um, Boogie sent LeBron James a card saying, "Wish you were here at the NBA Finals," and that's not a joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this guy really like hasn't played a game since what game two of the playoffs, and he's talking shit. And he's ta- like sending LeBron James letters, like, "Wish you were here." That shows the last thing we want in the basketball world is Boogie to step foot for one NBA Finals game and get a ring. We won't. Like we'll hear for that about that the rest of our lives. Even if he doesn't step back, he's going to be talking about yeah. it. <laughs> he's already talking shit. He hasn't even played a game in two months. But can we blame him though? Six, seven years of Sacramento losing all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's he was true. On the he was on the Pelicans. They made the playoffs. He couldn't even play a game. So can we blame him? No, no, he's, no. he's he's enjoying this ride more than he ever had. <laughs> what were you saying, also, Kev? If if, if the Warriors win the championship and Boogie get a ring. I'm telling you right now, when we talk about his legacy in the day, I'm not mentioning that. I'm skipping right over that and talking about his all-star appearances is all he got and how much he lost in Sacramento and how much he didn't play in New Orleans. I'm not, I'm not even talking about this chapter in his life. <laughs> and how many texts he's got. <laughs> I agree with you. Unless he comes back, like, as a basketball fan and a drama fan, I want him to come back. And like win finals and, and, and like just play really good because it'd be funny. Like you know, you know, Boogie like literally was basically a shitty teammate for what eight years of his career, and then he comes back, plays two games in the NBA Finals, contributes and wins a ring. I think it'd be the most like weird and unlike fanable story. Like this guy's never been a good teammate, so for him to do that, it'd just be like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I I think it'd be more interesting if he came back and won like a Finals MVP. Just comes back, averages like <laughs> averages like twenty two and twelve, and just dominates. Because okay, as much as a cool story it is just for him to win a championship, when you join the Warriors, it's kind of a. I mean, like we're giving you like a eighty ninety percent chance at the beginning of the year to win a championship, anyways, right? Like it's not like his good team, him being a good teammate, contributed to them winning. True. So regardless who plays or not, they're probably you know. The favorite, anyways. Uh, but if this guy just came back and dominated, I'd find it to be the most interesting story of all time. And and it'd be funny because it's Steph would and get his Finals MVP again, and then you have Demarcus Cousins somehow. Um, and I don't know. It just, it just kind of be a hilarious situation to me. But I I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. There's, there's so many legacy talks. Um, like you like you were saying, Kev. Like I. You know, I'm not going to talk about that for Boogie's legacy. And, well, something interesting is if the Warriors win without Kevin Durant, you know that I know Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the NBA right now, top two, three players in the NBA. But it, it brings up the interesting question about Kevin Durant's two championships, you know? He joined a team that already won without him, a team that he blew a lead to, and then wins two with them. And then if they win without him, it kind of makes the – Kevin Durant's two rings, an interesting story. It would be three rings. Yeah, his third ring. His third ring would be him not playing. It would be kind of an interesting story. It would go back to, you know, like, did Kevin Durant really win three rings? Like, you know, is his three rings equal to LeBron's three rings? I don't know. (laughs) So, to piggyback off that one, so, to me, me and Rashad both said this before, is like, Kevin Durant... He, he did, to, to, in my opinion, he did help the Warriors. 
a lot. And as far as like legacy talk, because when, when you think about the war, what the Warriors did, so they won a championship because what kind of a kind of a lucky break that whole run when they first won every point guard like. Like uh, Pat Bev, I got hurt. Got round one, I believe. I think Russ got hurt, or something. Something like that. Where everybody got hurt. Mike Conley got hurt, and then he got to the finals. What happened? Kevin Love was hurt. Kyrie was hurt, and they won the championship, beating LeBron and Del Dope. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then they come back. Then they come back. Seventy-three and nine season. You know, this great team. All this, all this talk. Get to the finals and lose. And then you think, okay, well, what, what's the next step? Do we do we really? I mean, you know, a, a lot of questions does does line up from that. Like, do we really believe Kevin Durant has said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a running back. I lost y'all three one. I'm a running back. Uh, and we'll come back strong and beat y'all the next year. Like, do we do we do we really think maybe the Warriors, uh, you know, get out there again? Do we? You get what I'm saying? Like, are, are you know, it's, it's like a lot of things changes. But I, I, we think Kevin Durant came and he was really for the Bronx because yep. he get Kevin Durant to cancel cancel out LeBron. And that means Curry can cancel out Kyrie. Now you got Clay Thompson and Draymond, and you have nobody for that. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like Kevin Durant was a cancellation, which is which is the reason I said I'm, I'm liking Toronto because once again it's another situation like the Cavs when they play the Cavs where the best players on the other team and it's Curry Curry Clay Clay and Draymond going against them and can the best player can the best player on the court outwork the you know the, the three. I don't know what you call them. I guess the big three or whatever the Warriors, but the original three of the Warriors can can they outplay Kawhi? Because the last time they played the best player in the world, they lost. As far as you know, without Kevin Durant, so that, that is a big big reason why I want to look at Kawhi and say this is your time to you know be on the lights of LeBron and you can you can go not beat the wrong Warriors and now you you the man on the planet. Yeah, we'll find out a lot about is you know. This series will, like you're saying, tell us a lot. How good is Kawhi, right? Is he that LeBron James level, or is he a step below, right? Because, like you said, last time without Kevin Durant, LeBron was able to kind of propel a crazy victory. And from what I'm seeing, if Kawhi can stay healthy in the series, he might be able to do it too. I mean, I I personally I'm on the I'm on the camp where I think the Warriors win in six without KD and with KD I think they win five. But I, I'm in the minority here on that. But I I want to shift focus to Kawhi, and I want. Do you guys think? I mean, obviously you're not going to stop Kawhi, but I one of the reasons I do like the Warriors in this series as much as I do is I feel like they can throw a lot at Kawhi. Between Dray- Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, both being you know physically tough defenders and guys who I think will make Kawhi Leonard work pretty hard on offense, I just think unless the role players of Toronto really step up, I really like the matchup on who they can throw for Kawhi. Now, obviously, Kawhi can just go nuts, and you're not going to stop him. You can only hope to you know contain him as much as possible. But would you would you guys like the matchup for Golden State on who they can throw? on Kawhi as much as I do or do you guys think it's 
I mean, no matter what happens, he's still going to get his own. Absolutely. And Kev, what, what do you think? Well, you know, the the I know they couldn't stop Kevin Durant. He was on OKC, and Kawhi's more of the same player now as far as offensively. Like it's, it's different between those two guys and guys like LeBron and Giannis because their, their three point shot isn't as developed as the other two. So I know I know I know it's gonna be hard for any of them really to defend because you put like uh, I know Rashad said like you put Clay on them, it kind of undersized a little bit. You can really bustle him. Draymond's too slow. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Ig is your best option, and he's battling a knee injury. So we know that's – so it's kind of it's kind of everybody has a little downfalls. But, you know, collectively, I think they can do their best. You know, I don't know if they're going to corral him, but, you know, if it's your guys, like you said, Powell and Kyle Lowry and Siakam are knocking down shots, I mean – what are you gonna do? You know, you can't you can't really leave them if they're gonna make shots. So you just gotta do you do you cut the head off the snake in Kawhi, or do you let Kawhi do his own thing, go ISO ball against your whole team, and let him just go off and then contain everybody else? You know, you, that's what that's what Steve Kerr will have to decide. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's gonna be a tough decision because. In that Milwaukee Bucks series, they really seemed like they were not, they were not going to let Kawhi kill them. They would double team him, you know, as soon as he got the ball, you know, three quarters, three fourths of a quarter of a court, and then all of a sudden those other guys were hitting their shots. Powell's knocking down shots. Siakam was playing well. Van Fleet went off. So, yeah, it, it is a tough choice if you're Steve Kerr. Do you, do you take the ball like you said out of Kawhi's hands, or do you? Uh, you play some iso ball, and <laughs> I don't think there's a good answer to that because pick your poison, <laughs> no, right? It's not. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, for me, I think uh, the most one of the most exciting storylines. I know uh, George and I talked about this on a podcast uh, yesterday. I, I'm really excited to just see what Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry does. Yeah. I mean, a guy, the guy has changed his narrative in this playoffs. You could tell by the emotion on his face when they made the finals how much it meant to him to not be playing bad. You know, like, he's 
he's had some serious struggles in playoff series, and you can see how important this meant to him that he's been playing well and he's helped his team get to this point. If he can step up and play like the all-star that he is in most regular seasons, um, this is where it gets really tricky for the Warriors. I mean, you know, Curry's not a top-notch defender, and I know you have Clay right now who is, but Clay's not guarding both uh, Kawhi and Lowry. And without Durant out there, you don't have kind of your, you know, healthy or younger third wing guy. I mean, Iguodala, like you guys said, has some bad knees. He's getting a little older. I just don't if, – if Lowry can really step up, and I know if Lowry and Kawhi are playing good, the rest of the role players are going to – you know, the guys like Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, as long as they're doing their job, they're kind of all right for the team. You know, as, they don't need to be knocking down as many shots as, you know, uh, as a Lowry or a Kawhi. I think it's really interesting. If, if Kyle Lowry steps up, he's really putting a big advantage for Toronto in this series, especially with the games being at home to start. I mean, obviously, it, it, you can't lose those games at home, and, and game one's going to be kind of a tone setter for this entire series. It's a, it's Obviously, I think it's a bigger deal if Toronto loses in game one than if the Warriors lose, so Toronto really needs this one. I think Kyle Lowry's going to be a big piece of that. Playing at home, he needs to be comfortable, and uh, it's going to tell us a lot about the series. Kyle Lowry really gets a bad rap a lot of times. And I understand, you know, like game one versus the Orlando Magic, we had zero points. But people don't kind of realize, you know, he, he's a he's a do-it-all kind of guy as far as like, he's going he's gonna to do the right moves to help defense. He's going to take charges. He's going to run around and try to guard your best, one of your best defenders, the best, best offensive players. Um, and even in that game where he had zero points, you know, and I know Jameer, uh, what's his name, DJ Augustine had a career night, but you know, he has seven rebounds, eight assists. He doesn't just like – I mean, I know we want an all-star to score points, but Kyle Lowry is kind of like a kind of like a, a point guard version of Draymond, if that makes sense, like as far as um, just, doing, just doing it all. And, you know, sometimes he might not you know, he might not show up in the in the point stats or he, just in the stats, in the stats in general, but the, the charges he take, uh, the steals that he can create, you know, the matchups – problems that he can't create you know I, I i always been a fan of kyle lowry i know he's not a a top tier point guard but you know if you have kyle lowry and if you, if you can't get a dane you can't get a dane you can't get a, a curry you know i mean kyle lowry is not too too much of a drop off especially when you have a guy like Kawhi as your number one no i thought that uh draymond example is a very good example <laughs> i've never yeah. heard that one yeah, really? I like, like that. i and it's kind of the exact same thing they're both they're not the most athletic, not the most in shape looking guys. Like both are just stocky, a little shorter or a little like, you know, different body types for their position, you know, not high volume scorers, but they do do a little bit of everything. I mean, you saw Kyle Lowry, I think it was like two straight possessions where that, where he had, uh, took a charge on Giannis and stripped him. It like stripped the ball out of bounds on him, came down and hit a three. And it was just like, it kind of explained all of Kyle Lowry in one where it's, he's going to make those hustle plays He's going to make the smart right play. And, yeah, he's not going to give you 25 a night, but he's going to be really important in ways that don't show up on the stat sheet, like you said. And that's the same as Draymond. I mean, he's a kind of undefined guy, but he doesn't get effort to take charges. So, what does he do? He's 
That's a good question. I don't know because I, I I don't want him on Curry. Or or well, I think I think Kyle Lowry guards Clay Thompson. I think he lo- he loves that shit to run around and yeah, he and does. Like, like I said, he he loves to do the little small stuff. He loves if you say wherever Clay go, you go. Okay, that's that's fine with me. Coach. Yeah, so you, you go run fight fight through screens. Time. Yeah, and like he'll fuck with him a little bit, some jersey grabbing, running around. Like that actually does sound because. Clay moves around a lot. But it's not like Curry. It's not like dribble, step back, dribble between the legs, step back. It's more like run around baseline to baseline. Kyle Lowry can do that. Do a little grabbing, mess around with him a little bit. Uh, and I think you're right. Where it's like he enjoys that shit. Just like <laughs> like you know, poke at him, do whatever you got to do, be a little pest, and go after him in that sense. Hundred percent. Uh. I guess one question we haven't even talked about yet: um, how how quick in the series does Draymond Green and Drake get into a confrontation? Like by the second quarter or the first quarter? <laughs> first play, <I'll> be <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> first play of the game, yeah. I, you know Draymond's gonna say something to him at some point in this series. Yeah, it'll probably be the second game, just because I think the NBA made a statement about how they don't want Drake being all over the sideline doing stuff. So Drake may kind of keep his cool the first game, but I think by the second game, you know, especially if the Raptors win game one, I think game two, that Drake and Draymond's attention could get a little high. Yeah, I think so too. Drake Drake will be on his best behavior game one, like you're saying, just because Adam Silver had a conversation with him. But by game two, there's going to be – actually, here's the thing, though. It doesn't take Drake being on bad behavior for Draymond to say something. Like I could definitely see Draymond hitting a big three and just like whatever, just tell him to like shut your mouth or sit your ass down. Like that'd be a classic Draymond. Nothing too vulgar, but just kind of a sit your ass down moment, like for no reason. Even if Drake's not saying anything, it wouldn't shock me out of Draymond. I want I want Draymond. I want the first play. You know, shot clock winding down. Curry, Clay can't get a shot off, so they swing it to Draymond. He had to shoot a three. He breaks it, and I want Drake, Drake to stand up and call him a bum. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> that I'm all in on that. So, my, my, I know we're all, uh, or you guys, including me, are saying Toronto and seven. If you had rooting history, so you guys rooting for Toronto too, not just predicting it. Yeah, I'm oh, oh yeah, Kawhi's Kawhi, 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 my guy. Okay. I'm with him. And Rashad? I'm, I'm rooting for Toronto as well. So, I am too. George is one of those guys that is in the minority that, you know, out of me and almost my friends, like 99% of people I know, I did just see a map on ESPN today. I think it was like uh, stats and info. I don't know if you guys saw this. Outside of the state of California and I think it was Nevada or one other state, like the rest of America is rooting for the Canadian team, which is kind of funny. Um, I'm all USA, baby. <laughs> I, I, I'm all USA too, except for when it comes to the Warriors. I mean, I have not, I like Steph Curry. I think Draymond's funny. I think Clay Thompson's you know great. Um, I don't know if you guys are with me on this, but I'm just kind of after KD joined them, I'm just kind of getting tired of it. You know, like I'm tired of the like easy walking through finals walking through the playoffs. I want to see some shakeup. And I know a lot, a lot of people know I root for LeBron James, and they're like, well, why don't you want shakeup there? 
The reason is because LeBron actually seemed like he had to fight for some championships, go through some struggle, while the Warriors, for me, I'm kind of just getting tired of watching like this easy walkthrough. And I do think a little bit that Kevin Durant slightly cheated the system in a way. Um, I know that the reason, uh, another main reason I'm going for Toronto is, you know, all dynasties at some point come to an end. And when you, when we look at all the history, um, they don't really last that long. Yeah. Cause even, even Jordan's little absence, you know, that was a three year run and a three year run. Kobe's Kobe and Shaq didn't last too long. The Spurs last a long time, but they didn't win back to back. Uh, and then the Heatles and Boston Celtics big three, you know, they don't, it didn't really last long. So, it's about time for that, you know, that Warriors dynasty to come to an end. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm rolling with Toronto as well. Yeah, no dynasties lasted long outside of you know the Lakers and the Celtics, where they were always in the finals throughout the '80s. And of course, the Jordan did the six and eight years, but nobody else besides those lasted an extended period of time. And I'm kind of like you guys, like the Warriors, they've kind of ran their course. Um, the Durant move going there. The biggest thing that did was dismantle LeBron as being the greatest of all time because of KD doesn't join the Warriors. The way LeBron ran through the East, he probably gets another two or three rings. And if he gets four or five championships, he's probably going to pass Jordan the greatest of all time because he's already have the stats. So I think Durant moved there, kind of extended their run, and it dismantled LeBron as being the potential greatest of all time. But Dynasty don't last long. We know Durant's going to probably move on. So it's not that I'm tired of the Warriors. I just want to see something else. Like if the Warriors make it to the finals next year and play like Durant on the Knicks or something like that, I'll be fine with it because even though it's the Warriors still, it's not a, it, it won't be an unbeatable thing because we know the Lakers are going to get somebody and then Durant will be somewhere else. And who knows what a team like the Dallas Mavericks can do and make it more intriguing or the Spurs have DeMar DeRozan. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder based on what Toronto's doing now. So, it's just so many teams that could elevate. Like, them and Nuggets, they're so young. So many teams can elevate. So, at least next year, even if the Warriors make it back, it, it won't be such a foregone conclusion they're going to make it. 100%. I, I feel that way, too. I mean, even the Rockets, you know, maybe they move off of Chris Paul but get another piece. James Harden, maybe with without Durant on the Rockets for a full, or with, without Durant on the Warriors for a full series, they might actually have a chance. I think I agree with you on that. It's just if the Warriors make it again without Durant, it's more of the it's not a cakewalk anymore, which makes it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for me, I've always I've just been. I like this Warriors team, man. I like the way they play basketball. I liked them before Kevin Durant came in, uh, and I, I, I actually kind of like them better when Durant's out right now, to be honest. But like, I don't root against them with Durant or anything like that. I just I enjoy the way they play basketball. I think they play basketball the right way. I like the ball movement, and I, I think Toronto plays the right way too. But I just feel like, like I'm with you guys. Every dynasty ends, but I think this is their last run, and. After that, I think this whole entire NBA, we're about to enter an offseason of so much shakeup. I, this is one of the craziest, I, I think, if not the craziest offseason in history of the NBA, where you have, you know, arguably two of the best three players in Kawhi and Durant probably switching teams and p- people like, you know, Kyrie Irving being a free agent. I, it's just the landscape's going to change, and I think the Warriors have one last run in them. And even the payback off the bat is just. 
when the dynasty ends, and of course in every decade, one team normally steals a championship. Like in the 80s, the 76ers stole one between all that Lakers Celtics stuff. Where like in the 90s, when Jordan retired, the Rockets kind of had their their brief two years, their back to back years, and then in the you know, the 2000s, the Miami Heat kind of got one between the Lakers getting there, and the Spurs getting three and five, things like that. So, and of course the Mavs beat the Heels. So. Normally, every decade, a team steals one, and with Kawhi going to be the best player on the court. This is like a prime opportunity for the Raptors to steal one. Yeah, I've I've always felt like the Cavaliers stole one. I mean, I know it's weird to say that, but I feel like that was the steal of this dynasty. You know, there was that it's going to be that one out of five that they won. But we're going to find out this series. See, well, I, but I think it's not just about a steal because uh, I get what you're saying, Rashad. I think it's more about like. There's kind of that random team that wins, right? And I don't think a LeBron team is not random. I know the Cavs, if you look at the, you know, from 2000 to now, you'll see Cleveland on the list, which seems random. But LeBron is part of that list, and he's not a random. I think if you look at it, there has been a lot of random teams to win. Like even with Detroit, I think they went back-to-back, correct? Uh, not back to back. They went. No, they, they won, won one, lost one. No, they went back. Went to back, back. Yeah. So you have Detroit winning championship was kind of random. Um, you've had the Mavs was random. The Heat before LeBron was a random one too in '06. And you've had Boston only won one in that that time after Kobe, which was kind of that random one. Then the Mavs won one, which was that random one. I feel like Toronto will be that kind of random one in the mix because we haven't had anybody like outside of. LeBron or the Warriors since what 2015 now it's almost time for that random team you know like oh you're gonna go through the list in 20 years and be like oh the Raptors a random Toronto year and I think it's almost time for that I definitely agree yeah and then and then what better way you know to kind of cap it all off in Canada game seven like if if that was if that would be the case where the Raptors win like that that, that would be perfect because it's kind of like I want to say Toronto a small market, but you know a lot of guys don't want to go to Canada to play, you know, to play basketball there, and to see to see a team like Toronto or you know possibly we could have seen Milwaukee or even if Portland was in the West Conference Finals to see that see those small markets kind of like you know kind of rise up, and it's kind of like you know it's kind of helpful to see that you know maybe maybe there is hope for uh, you know guys like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker all by themselves in, in a small market. Maybe they can get somebody to come with them and. And it's possible to win championships. So, especially when you got somebody like Kawhi on your back, or you got, um, you know, you got you got the whole you got a whole city, a whole nation for them uh, on your back. I agree, and that's why I think it's gonna be really hard for Kawhi to leave in general, even now. Uh, kind of just the way that that uh, Eastern Conference Finals finished off, and you saw the love of the city, you know, and like that was the first time I feel like I sort of saw emotion from Kawhi, a little smile at least, you know, and he. It just seemed like, damn, he's putting Toronto on the map, and it's gonna be really hard for him to leave, you know. Like, which would be awesome for Toronto, like you said, you know, not a small city, but I guess in basketball terms, yeah, a small market. Um, no free agents go there. Mostly free agents leave there to go to better opportunities. So, I agree. I think it'd be an awesome way to top it off and kind of be a new beginning in the NBA and for Toronto. Yeah, if Toronto wins this championship, it'll kind of make guys start thinking about maybe it's not a bad thing if I get traded to a team as a rental. Or maybe it's not bad if I stay in my market. Because like Kev was saying, a lot of guys don't want to play in Toronto, even though it's one of the fourth or fifth biggest 
you know, American cities, it's just because you're in Canada, so you have to pay that double tax of U.S. and Canada. So a lot of guys don't want to pay that because they're making so many million dollars, and you're going to double tax, which is killing their money. But I think Kawhi is probably a guy who would stay there. He's not a big shoe guy brand. He's not not your Adidas. He's with New Balance. And of course, he wins. I mean, you're going to have the whole country where you just have free stuff, free apartment, you're going to have all the shoes. Definitely. Um, so I do want to transition here and finish off with some all NBA talk. Now that we're talking about players, money, movement, um, uh, I do want to talk about with you guys. You know, we got all of our predictions in some all NBA. Um, quick thoughts. Uh, I obviously there's a lot of big stories, and we're talking about money right now. We're talking about movement in the NBA. Um, guys like Clay Thompson getting left off the list, not getting super max. You have Kemba Walker made it over him and Bradley Beal. It's interesting. You know, LeBron snuck into the third team where I agree with it, but a lot of people don't. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about uh, all NBA? Like any shockers, any things that you guys strongly agree or disagree with? just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. I was going to agree with Kyrie there for a second that he was a team killer this year did to make you, second Did you say team. fan club or hate club? Hate club. Hate club. <laughs> I'll, with, I'll be with you so, on the Kyrie one. 
So Ky- Kyrie honestly should have been on All NBA fourteen. That's first thing. I agree. Um, he, he should. I mean, I, I I don't see how I don't see how you know. I mean, we're looking at this year. I think the, the media just loves him so much. But looking from last year to this year and, and how they went went along, they they underachieved by a long shot. Uh, and me me and Rashad had a debate about who was going between Boston and Milwaukee, and, and I was just saying like. I don't see Kyrie matching Giannis level, and and I think a guys like Bradley Beal got over over uh, should have been over Kyrie, and like you said, like he like Rashad mentioned, Russ should have been second team, so that means Kyrie was third, which I think that should have been Bradley Beal or a major Demar Derozan, but you know those kind of teams, especially with no Kawhi, no Tim Duncan, a Spurs team kind of get forgotten about, and then you know nobody's cared about Washington because they're losing. I, I understand all that, but. Um, it's, it's, it's still it's still about what you're asked to do, and and like you said, Kyrie kind of was like a, a team killer, and Boston underachieved so much. I don't understand how everybody had them in the finals, or you know the best team in the East, and you're four, and you really was five until all the people went down. So, you know, uh, so that, that's my point on Kyrie and with Clay Thompson. Okay, let me jump uh, on your point on Kyrie real quick. I. I, okay. I, 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 at first, like when we were doing our all NBA teams, and it's my biggest regret, I had him second team. And you know, I, after I did that and I put it out, I started thinking about it, started looking at, you know, what he's done to the Boston Celtics and the chemistry he's killed. I, I, I know this, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but what's the difference between him and a Stephon Marbury down the line, man? Like, he's going to go to, Bro- if he goes to the Brooklyn Nets. What he's going to be the fifth and sixth seed every year for the rest of his career? I mean, other than playing in the NBA Finals with LeBron, what is Kyrie Irving's career really like? I, I, I I'm with you. I'm on the Kyrie Irving hate club now. The guy is not a good teammate. He thinks he's the the best top three or four players in the league. The way he, I mean, he if he goes somewhere and tries to be the alpha dog like in the Brooklyn. They're going to regret it, in my opinion. I, I, I overvalued Kyrie way too much the last few years. I actually think... The, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go, you go, ahead, go ahead. I just wanted to say, I think the best option for Kyrie is to go back and play with LeBron because Kyrie's a great number two. He thinks he's an alpha dog, but we've seen before LeBron, he couldn't sniff 35 wins. Post-LeBron, he's on a team that went to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals and then resorts backward. The team goes backwards and loses in five in the second round. So I think the best thing for a guy like him is to be the second player and maybe a guy like LeBron who probably at this point knows how to work with him. And I'm, I'm so glad you guys realized that because me me and Rashad have been having this debate with a lot of people around the world about Kyrie is the same player as Kim Walker. Yes. They're the mm-hmm. same. The only, yeah. difference is, only, the only difference is when LeBron left Miami, he decided to go home instead of go to Charlotte. <laughs> it's the only difference. It's the yeah. only difference. He kept. He, he knows that. So they, they're in the they're in the same tier, the same boat. Kyrie may be slightly a little better because you know uh, he more efficient than Kimball. But like you said, if he goes to Brooklyn, or if he go to Brooklyn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate it because I, I love D'Lo and I don't want him to have that with him. But you know, if, if Kyrie decides to go by himself, he's not he's not a guy who can put somebody a team on his back. Like you said, he I, I think he learned his lesson, and I think he, I think through all the Lakers turmoil right now that he will go with LeBron because he realized that's my key to success and and why not ride ride that way wave until it's over, you know. That I agree um, with that. I do think interesting you said, you know, Kemba, it's a good comparison. 
he's Kemba, but with more of an ego and a worse attitude. I mean, Kemba <laughs> and a better shoe deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> better shoes. <laughs> and but Kemba would not would not ever. I mean, like Kemba's been in the worst possible situation in Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's second. Some people don't even know how to who can't name five guys on Charlotte. You know. And Kemba seems to not complain. He keeps his head down, works hard, and does his best. I mean, this is just a slight observation by me. I don't know them personally, but it seems like Kemba's probably the easier person to deal with, too, in the room. And probably a better teammate to have if you were going to have to pick one. I mean, if we're going to be honest, Kemba on the Celtics, it probably would have panned out better because he has less ego. Like, you know, Kyrie's ego kind of got in the way. Like, I would argue if Kimball was on the Celtics, they would have probably beat Milwaukee and made it further. Like, maybe we're talking about them in the finals because Kimball doesn't Kimball doesn't have that ego that Kyrie has about he has to be the man. or Like, Kimball knows he's good, but he doesn't have that huge ego of, like, this is my team, I'm the guy. Like, he's, it seems like he's more secure with himself. Uh, absolutely yeah and i mean i agree with that and i feel like like you said kemba would have less of that you know give me the ball i'm the man and they probably he'd probably lit guys like jason tatum flourish a little more and guys like jalen brown al horford lead a little more i think at this point in his career Kyrie winning that ring with lebron kind of made him be like oh look i'm the man i hit the shot i should run every team when in reality a guy like kemba probably would have had this celtics team and been so damn thankful for finally having some decent bodies around him, not just Frank Kaminsky around him, and uh, he'd be able to, you know, lead this team a little better. And it's sad he's the sixth highest paid player on his team. Like, look what he's about to get a max deal from somebody. Hopefully Charlotte gets it to him, even though it's a lose-lose for them. But the guy's the sixth highest paid player on his team. That's terrible. Like, Ben <laughs> McBeyombo makes more than him. Batum. Yeah, they have some of the most <laughs> wild contracts in the league. Yeah, Michael Jordan's done a great job as an owner. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that that Kim Walker point leads right into it because why you know a lot of people want to blame well, not blame but you know how Clay Thompson got mad in the video that Kimba made it over him. Yep. And you you think of the you think of what Kimba's able to do. He he's able to drag a team to the playoffs what two times in his career. Uh, with guys like Frank Kaminsky and Batum, it's just two, is three, Kid Gilchrist doing nothing. Like, he's carrying, like, I always try to say this. Clay Thompson, ask yourself, does your back hurt? Because Kimba does. He needs surgery this offseason because he's tired of carrying that franchise. While you get to have Curry, you get to have Kevin Durant, you get to have Iggy and Draymond and not worry about anything. And on top of that, you're the third, fourth. I mean, you're possibly the fourth best player on the team. Now, maybe importance, you might be a little higher, but as far as best player on the team, you, you, you're right there for I, I think Draymond's a better player because he's overall. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't really see the point why Clay Thompson would get mad. I mean, he didn't really have the numbers that that spoke, spoken to the category of all NBA team with the DeRozan, with a Bradley Beal, who didn't make it, and especially Kevin Walker, who's had career highs and putting the team on his back. So I, I mean, I know Clay Thompson missed all the money. I think that's why he's more mad at than anything. Um, it, I don't really think it's. it's I don't think he believes he's a top six guard, you know, for all the three teams. I don't, I don't think he believes that. He shouldn't believe it. No, all right. Well, here's the thing. I, I am the, as you are the leader of the hate club for uh, Clay Thompson, I'm the president of the uh, fan club here. He should not be third-team All-NBA this year. He, If you want to go look back at his regular season, and I'm the biggest Clay Thompson fan. Yeah, he started off cold. He started off so cold, and he started playing good, what, now in the playoffs? 
Clay Thompson had a down year and he did not deserve to be third team all NBA and Kemba Walker had a better year than Clay Thompson. Plain and simple. I I do yeah, want Clay wouldn't have made it anyway. Say that again? Clay would have made it anyway if guys like Oladipo were healthy too, so I mean he wouldn't have shouldn't be complaining. Yeah, I mean, because in the in reality, you know, regardless of what you think about Clay Thompson, yeah, maybe if he was on his own team, he could be better than all these guys. But the reality is, if you're going to be playing with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, and Boogie Cousins, uh, it's going to be hard. You're not going to have five guys on first, second, and third team. That's just the reality, you know. You're not going to see most situations where there's more than two guys ever on those first, second, or third team. So that's kind of just the reality. I mean, I guess one big question that I have for you guys is, do you think it's fair, though, that this is what dictates your contract? Because my theory is, okay, let's say we don't think he should be a third teamer this year, but the Warriors feel that he is. Do you feel like they should still be able to pay a guy a Supermax to keep him in their city? Or do you think do you guys like this idea of, NBA media media writers pretty much dictating thirty forty million dollars of people's contracts. Uh, no, not the media. Let's yeah. start here. Kev, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, the the media. No, I think they should come up with some kind of panel where, just like the just like the All Star game, where you know the fans have a little vote for the for the uh, you know starters, but they have no indication or, or no vindication on the. The bench, the bench is selected by assistant coaches for what they see and what kind of talent they know. So I'm, I, I think it should be the first, second, third team should be voted by, you know, NBA coaches, assistant coaches, uh, maybe maybe a panel of you know unbiased former players in the NBA, something kind of like that. Because yes, it's not it's not really fair to, to ask media guys because you know they're gonna they will vote their own guys in versus the right thing, uh, which is why Kyrie makes second team over Russ. Like, like Rashad pointed out, how, how do you have a triple double for the third straight season and you keep falling down the list? Next year you're going to be off the off the thing if you get triple double again. So yep. he went down every single year since then. So I don't understand, you know, what's the knock on that? But you got Kyrie second, you know, on on a Boston team who underachieved versus a Thunder team who we all at, at one point they were saying, you know, oh, was a contender, you know, until they started the sixth seed. But I just don't, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I think one thing I'll say, and then Rashad, you can answer this question too. Uh, I do find it crazy too that you know I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. Actually, I actually really like watching him. So actually, I'm gonna rephrase that. I love watching Russell Westbrook, but I'm not the biggest triple double fan. But I do find it insane that a guy like Russell Westbrook, who is you know like you said before injuries, before him and Paul George both got nicked up this year, they were a serious contender. But I genuinely believe because the media doesn't like Russell Westbrook and he's not that nice to them, that's how Kyrie gets voted ahead of him. And I think that's unfair. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. I mean, they shouldn't like Kyrie. They, they shouldn't like Kyrie either. I mean, he's been a jerk all season. Like, they really shouldn't like him either. He kind of, he's really overrated. I mean, he's, he's not a true one option. Uh, people love the flashy, you know, the handle, the dribble. So I think Kyrie's kind of overrated. But to the question, the media should not have a say-so in who gets a match and who doesn't. Uh, that's totally wrong because if the media, like you just said, has a bias against or for a certain guy, that guy's more likely to get it. 
like Clay would have made all NBA this year had guys like Kimba or Russ not had such a great season because the media loves Clay. I mean, guys on ESPN were advocating for him to be on the team, but they never said who they would take off. So the media shouldn't have a say so in it. Um, I'm not sure how they would go about fixing it, um, but they definitely have to get rid of the media being the the keys for deciding who can get an additional thirty or forty million dollars. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. The media, I mean, if they have a vendetta against a guy or a guy is an asshole like Russell Westbrook can be to the media, that shouldn't dictate whether or not what kind of contract they could potentially get. You know? It's just not fair. But um, I want to switch gears here real quick as our last little thing. Uh, you know, all your Kemba Walker talk, like, it made me go pull up the name of every player on the Hornets roster, so I, I, <laughs> we're gonna play a game. We're gonna play a game here where I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna give you a name and you're gonna tell us <laughs> if this guy's on the Hornets or is it a fake name we've made up. <laughs> so this will test this will test your uh, Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> Hornets bench, knowledge. bench knowledge. Let's see. All right, all right. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with the first person. So is this a Charlotte Hornet or a fake name. or a fake name? Timothy Miller. Fake name. Rashad? Uh, I'm going to say, I'll say fake name. All right. Timothy Miller is a fake name. All right. All right. We're going to go off another one here. All right. We're, we're going we're gonna to do five of them. We'll see if you can get three out of five. All right. Next. Charlotte Horner, Charlotte Hornet or fake name. Will Hamilton. Fake name. Damn. All right. Fake name. It is a fake name. All right. Charlotte Hornet or fake name? Dwayne Bacon. Uh, I think he's on the team. I I think I saw him play a few minutes here and there. Like, he just got drafted like, what, a year or two ago, maybe? But, yeah, I remember. His name just. Yeah. I know he's in the NBA. Yeah. He is a one year player. yeah, yeah, that's a good job. Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. Rookie rookie from Florida State. All right. I like that. All good right. work. Okay, uh, we got another one. All right. John Zelinsky. Oh, that's it. Y'all never heard that name before. <laughs> like, they, they could be on the team. <laughs> like, they, 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 they do have Frank Kaminsky. They got Frank, they got Frank Kaminsky, Kaminsky, but no, but no John Zelinsky. <laughs> I was saying, it could have been a Euro stash player. Who knows? <laughs> All right, we got another one. Ready? Uh, Charlotte Hornet or fake name? Joe Chile. That could be a fake name. They draft the weirdest people. That name sounds familiar. It's possible Charlotte Hornet. It is a Charlotte Hornet. It is a... Played one game this year, had two points and an assist. He's on. He's on the he's roster. <laughs> I mean, here's the rest of the roster. I mean, you know a lot of them, but they got a JP Makarua, a Devonte Graham. Oh, you know him. You'll know the rest of the you guys. Know the rest but the of team them. is just 
the team's off. It's Bismack Bianco, you know, Frank Kaminsky's, uh, Jeremy Lamb, uh, Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, to- Tony, Tony Parker, Parker William Harriman Gomez. Uh, I think we almost got you guys with the Joe Chile one. The Joe Chile was close. Sealy Chile, however you say it. <laughs> You know who else hasn't heard of Joe Chile? Michael Jordan probably hasn't heard of him either. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) We should try this game of Michael Jordan. He'd probably uh, he'd probably he'd probably mess up a little bit himself. Like the inside of eBay, who he played for? Yeah. All right, guys. Well. uh, that pretty much wraps it up. And uh, if you guys have any other questions, anything else you want to say, also don't forget to plug your podcast. We kind of just wanted to end that with a fun game there, just to see if you know any. You know, you can tell the difference between a Charlotte Hornet or a random name. Uh, but don't forget plug your podcast right here. And uh, if you guys have any other questions for us, go ahead. Oh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to Preach Care Preach, where the president of the Kyrie Clay Hater Club is uh, is the co-host on there. <laughs> George, Sammy, thank you guys for having this. It's Preach Care Preach with Rashad. Uh, great, you know, great time recording with you guys. Great insight. Look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, we'll definitely have yeah. to do it either sometime during the NBA Finals or after the Finals and recap it, man. This was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Take care. Nice talking to y'all. And that wraps it up for us with uh, Preach Kev Preach for Shard podcast. Um, that's what we, that's our third podcast this week, George. And uh, we're going to be here all week with uh, NBA final stuff. This was episode 538, I think, or 539. My God, we're going up there. This was episode 539. Um, like we said, we're going to try to go live Thursday after the game one of the NBA finals. Hopefully, Sunday wins it all, all above. If we're missing any of them, you'll still be able to see a podcast by the next morning maximum. So keep an eye out for the podcast and the live shows. Um, George, your final prediction? Warriors in six. Okay, actually, let me, let me rephrase that. Final pre- final prediction without Kevin Durant playing the whole series. Warriors in six. With Kevin Durant? Warriors in five. I'm going Raptors in seven if Kevin Durant does not play a game. If Kevin Durant comes back at any point... I'm going Warriors in six as well. Fair enough. So we'll, we'll find out. Game one, game two is obviously in B. If they go up 2-0, obviously all of our predictions might be slightly different. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll find out. And, uh, George, this is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Hi. My name is Adam Reichert, co-host of the Talk Eastern Europe podcast. I'm sure you have heard about the country of Belarus, which has been dominating international news headlines and the massive protests and violence that broke out there. To understand this country better, we have prepared a special documentary podcast series called The Story of Belarus, The Nation, Its History, and A New Hope. In this 10-episode documentary, we explore the country in greater detail. You can learn more by visiting www.neweasterneurope.eu slash Belarus or listen anywhere you find podcasts.